I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Look, here is water. 
what can stand in way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared to Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. What is to stand in your way? Is what I was asked this past week while hiking in the Garden of the Gods right outside of Denver, Colorado. What is to stand in your way? The man asked as I squirmed not to be noticed. He saw us though <laughs> and he was persistent. My friend Summer and I were traversing the rocks in the Garden of the Gods trying to maneuver around what seemed to be some sort of tour group or facilitated climb or training of some type. Not letting us off the hook, the man called out to us, ladies, what's to stand in your way? My first thought was, you. <laughs> you are standing in my way. You are interrupting my tranquil, low intensity, low intensity climb. <laughs> you are interrupting this precious time that I've set aside for my friend. We tried to ignore him, but again, he asked the whole group and also again said, ladies, what is the stand in your way? And so Summer took the bait, super annoyed, and said, what's to stand in our way of what? What's to stand in your way of climbing a 14er today? He asked. This is a thing they do in Colorado. If you didn't know, people set these goals to climb all 58 14ers in their lifetime. 14ers are mountains that scale above uh, 14,000 feet. What is standing in your way from climbing a 14er? Well, let's see. <laughs> that's, a pretty easy, that's a pretty easy question. I can answer that a lot of things are standing in my way of climbing a 14er. First, I don't live in, in Colorado. I'm going home in a couple of days, sorry. The man who I now call Satan said, that's okay. We've actually got a hike going tomorrow at 5 a.m. You can just get on that one before you leave town in three days. Well, there are a great many other things standing in my way, like HBO Go. I promised Summer I would help her through the second season of Game of Thrones and try to get her to watch it without doing this the whole time. And biscuits. Biscuits, warm, fluffy biscuits, are also standing in my way with sausage gravy that her mom, her mom makes homemade when I'm there. So biscuits are definitely standing in my way and babies, like cute, cuddly babies, one just born like three months ago that I can like hold and squeeze, and that's totally standing in my way. And then he says, it sounds like you are standing in your own way. Who are, are you my therapist? <laughs> Who are you? Summer and I continued on our little journey down our very little mountain and set to the soundtrack of Satan in the background in a faint distance saying, 
what is standing in your way? <laughs> it echoed in the background for us, and it echoes in the pages of today's scripture. Look, here's water. What is standing in your way? What can stand in the way of my being baptized right here, right now? Asked the Ethiopian eunuch. That's why Philip was there. He didn't know that's why he was there. What a surprise to him. He had been appointed to be the deacon, one of the deacons in the earliest church, one of the men like Stephen, who we heard about last week to oversee feeding of the widows, feeding of the poor. And an angel appears to him and tells him to get out of town, to hit that lonely, deserted desert road. Get up and go, the angel says, and Philip got up and went. And on that road, he encounters an Ethiopian man. This man in the story is nameless. I don't want to keep calling, calling him the Ethiopian man. So for the sake of this story, we will call him Elias, which is a very common Ethiopian name, meaning the Lord is God. So Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us that Elias was an official of the Ethiopian queen in charge of her entire treasury. He must have been pretty wealthy because he, it says he has a chariot. But not only does he have a chariot, he has a driver to drive such ch chariot. <laughs> and he had something else that was even more costly than this, more expensive than this. It says he, he had in his hand a scroll of the book of Isaiah how did an Ethiopian man get a scroll of the book of Isaiah? He happened to be reading that scroll and was confused by something Isaiah wrote 400 years before Jesus lived and died about a man who was like a sheep being led to slaughter, an innocent man put to death, it says. So when the Holy Spirit told Philip to run over to the chariot and Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Elias told him, no, I don't. Elias asked, what does this mean? Who, who is this innocent man who, who has been put to death? Who, who is this guy referring to Isaiah's words that we know align with Jesus's death? And that opened up a door. Philip shared the good news of Jesus. He told Elias about Jesus, about how Jesus had lived and died and rose again, how Jesus had saved the world from sin and death. And then right at the same time, they came to some water. Right there in the desert, water in the desert. And the Holy Spirit was obviously in charge because there was no standing in her way. Look, here is water. What is to stand in the way of me being baptized here? I wonder, I wonder how this set Philip aback, how, how it, it challenged his comfy notion of Christian responsibility and community. I wonder how this challenged Philip like hiking 14ers when all you want is Netflix and chill. Like, look, here is water. What, what is to stand in your way? I wonder how Philip thought 
through that. I wonder how long Philip thought over that, how, how long Philip considered how he would reply to this question. Why not baptize Elias? Philip had lots of reasons not to. Philip could have said, what is standing in the way? Elias, you don't know enough. Five minutes ago, you didn't even know who Jesus was. Maybe if you could take a class or two, show up to a membership brunch, do some reading, we could schedule the baptism at some point in the future. I mean, Elias hadn't even professed his faith in Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He hadn't recited the creed. Sure, the creed hadn't even been written yet. Technicality, I know. <laughs> or ask Jesus to come into his heart or whatever. I mean, surely he could, he could have done all of this, but he hadn't. Sorry, Philip could have said. You haven't said the right words. No baptism for you until you get it right. Incidentally, Elias hadn't confessed his sins either. No wonder, <laughs> no wonder Philip sat there wondering what to do next. I wonder, did Philip think about Elias's lack of knowledge and his failure to say the right words? Philip could have also said, Elias, what is standing in the way? You're, you're Ethiopian. You're from Africa. I wonder if Philip hesitated because Elias was from Africa. There probably weren't any African Christians yet. Was, was the church for them too? Maybe Philip could have said what folks of color sometimes have heard when they visit predominantly white churches. They get the loving, lovingly told, maybe you'd be more comfortable somewhere else. Or, or what white congregations have told clergy of color even, you're just not right for our church. I wonder if Philip was worried about the church losing its identity. People get nervous when, when churches get diverse. In fact, studies have shown that when predominantly white churches reach about 10% people of color and membership, white people start leaving. But, but Philip didn't let Elias's ethnicity get in the way of the Holy Spirit either. Philip could have also answered Elias's question by saying, what is standing in the way? Look at all you have. You're so rich. And if I'm right, Jesus did say it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's right here. It's right here. Maybe, maybe if you just sold all your stuff, then, then. But Philip didn't let economics get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Still, too, Philip could have said, what's to stand in the way of your being baptized? just listen to you. There's something not right about you. You see, the Ethiopian was a eunuch. He's someone who had been castrated. His voice would have been higher pitched than most men. He wouldn't have had facial hair at all. He wouldn't have looked what would have been considered very manly. According to Deuteronomy, if he was a Jew, he couldn't participate fully in temple life and worship or offer sacrifices. Philip could have said, look, it, it says in the Bible, people like you, people with questionable gender identity don't, don't belong in the church. That would have been a pretty big reason Philip 
could have used to prevent him from being baptized. Elias didn't conform to the usual expectations of gender and sexuality. He wasn't the societal understanding of a real man. But Philip did not let Elias's being different, being fully himself, or better yet, being God's, get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and Philip could have said it was Philip himself who prevented Elias from being baptized. Don't forget about that. Philip wasn't a pastor. After all, he hadn't been to seminary and didn't wear one of these things. And sorry, you'll have to, you'll have to find someone else more qualified. You, you can imagine what Elias's reaction would have been looking around someone more qualified in, in the desert. Now in the Methodist church, it is pastors who usually baptize. But that's not because pastors have any special power. I have none. Baptism is this kind of precious gift that has been entrusted to the church. And usually pastors baptize so that the gift can be handled carefully. But even in our book of discipline, we make room for baptisms performed by any Christian, any saint of the church in the case of emergency, anyone can baptize and it will work, we say. That's crazy. I guess Philip could have told Elias to wait for someone more qualified, but Philip, Philip didn't get let rules and policies stand in the way of the Holy Spirit either. The answer to Elias's question, what can stand in the way? Plenty. There are so many reasons Philip could have cited to say, not here, not now, not you. But Philip baptized him anyway. Philip listened to the Holy Spirit. He lived and shared the good news of Jesus Christ, and the good news changed Elias. You might be expecting me to end this sermon by saying something like, be like Philip. Go and share the gospel with everyone. But instead, more importantly, hear this. Each of us is Elias. There are all kinds of reasons for God not to love us, for God not to claim us as God's own. There are things we regret. There are moments when we failed to forgive. There are faithful steps we failed to take, ways that our heart has grown cold and our souls have grown numb to the stirring of God in our lives. But God claimed us anyway. God breathed life into us anyway. God surrounded us with mercy anyway. What is standing in the way? Nothing, Jesus says. Nothing. None of those reasons count in my kingdom. In the waters of baptism, God poured out grace, unconditional, undeserved, Forgiveness forever for everyone. And I know it's not the usual way we do things. I know this, um, what I'm about to do, makes tried and true Methodist or traditionalist very nervous. But I cannot preach this sermon. I cannot preach the story of Philip and Elias without saying, here is water. What is to get in the way? And so, 
in a very non-Kingstown fashion. <laughs> During communion today, we're gonna have a bit of an altar call. Um, what is to get in the way right here, right now? What is to get in the way? And so that question is for those of you perhaps who have never been baptized before. Perhaps a big set aside date sometime in the future is not for you. Perhaps the stirring that you're feeling from God right now is right here, right now. What's to stand in the way? Perhaps you've already been baptized. And perhaps what God's calling you, what is standing in the way of you living out your baptismal call? What is standing in the way of you sloughing off that addiction? What's standing in the way of you healing broken relationships? What's, what's standing in the way? Jesus is nothing. Nothing. And so, no one may come up to be baptized. I'm fully aware of that, and I'm okay with it. But if you would like, I'm going to be standing here today with anointing oil. And if you have come to a membership brunch, you will know I say this often. Um, Jesus, the Messiah, was called the anointed one. And what does it mean to be a little Christian, to be Christ, to be Christ for the world? We are God's little anointed ones in the world, which means we are like little band-aids on a broken world. But how can you be band-aids on a broken world if you have not yet been whole? You have not yet been healed and so I will stand today with this I could I'd love to um, pray for healing in your life however that you may need that wherever that comes I also am willing very very willing to baptize you today it's a crazy ask but I'm going for it would you pray with me <clears throat> God of loving kindness, God of mercy, God of healing, God of wholeness. There is nothing we know that stands in the way from us being truly who you've called us to be. All of us have a picture in our mind of what that looks like for us, what it looks like for us if we were to be completely whole, completely balanced, completely faithful and then we also have a list of things that prevent us from doing that that stand in the way of us being who we are called to be and so today we 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 give those up not that they don't exist not that they won't be hard but that we know nothing stands between us and the love of God. Nothing stands between us and being claimed by God. And it is that claiming that sets us free to be the people God's called us to be. So God, if you are working and stirring in people's hearts and minds today, um, thank you. Thank you for that. Nudge us in the right direction and the way you'd have us go so that we can walk in the way that leads to life. We offer this in the name of Jesus, who, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is our
at the table. 